안녕하세요. Good morning, good morning, my dear brothers and sisters and clergy and ambassador for peace. 안녕하십니까? Beautiful Saturday today. Today I'd like to talk about true family and true uh, uh, universe centered on true love from True Mother's uh, Anthology Volume 2. I think this is a new title of the uh, Mother's Word. So let's start. True family and true universe centered on true love. Respected and honored guests from at home and abroad, distinguished ladies and gentlemen whose presence is brightening this venue. I am grateful for your coming here in spite of your very busy schedules. To express my appreciation from the bottom of my heart on this special day, the most precious thing I can offer is to introduce you to what I consider two very significant speeches that I gave during my latest world tour. I am referring to the speeches titled View of the Principle of the Providential History of Salvation and In Search of the Origin of the Universe. Today, we need a comprehensive solution to the problems of sexual immorality, family breakdown, and alienation among our young people. These two speeches provide fundamental solutions to these problems. When you return home, I hope you will take some time to reflect deeply on their contents. Reading these speeches together with the members of your family may enhance the love in your family. I believe this can help your family achieve harmony and true happiness. I suggest that you read these speeches, these two speeches, as many times as your age in years. If your age is more than 80, then read them more than 80 times. The more you read these speeches, the more heavenly blessing and fortune will come to you. The more you read them, the more peace will flow into your family naturally and automatically. I invite you to read them often. Yes. The two most significant speeches that true parents have taught while touring the world are the speeches titled The View of the Principle of the Providential History of Salvation and In Search of the Origin of the Universe. So in the modern day, uh, we need a comprehensive solution to the problems of sexual immorality, family breakdown, and alienation among our young people. These two speeches provide a fundamental solution to these problems. True parents suggest that we read these two speeches as many times as our age in years. They emphasize that if your age is more than 80, then read them more than 80 times. The more you read these speeches, the more heavenly blessing and fortune will come to you. You know, this father really, uh, true mother, one time she gave us beautiful testimony that, <clears throat> you know, father is the substance of the divine principle. But when mother start to have the word speaking to her and go here and there, you can see that through father wake up very early morning. 
really reading his speech many many times from early morning speak very loudly wow father showed that model how can we become the champion of the hundoke after moses died god appeared to joshua and commanded him to do the same thing the same thing that true parents have commanded us to do today Then let's study what kind of the request God gave to Joshua when he first started his providence of following Moses. This is I read over and over many times, but this one very much uh, relate to in our current situation as well. Let's uh, study some Bible content. Joshua chapter one one, chapter one five to nine. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Wow. Amen, Aju. What was the first word that God commanded when he chose Joshua as a central figure after Moses? God said, <clears throat> for I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. I believe this was uh, what our father left us after he went to the spiritual world. God said, be strong, courageous, because you will lead these, these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. This was must be taken as that if we become one with the true mother today, Chanilgu will surely be realized. Then God told Joshua, if you obey the law that God commanded Moses, you will be successful wherever you go. I hope you will accept these words as saying that if you keep the fundok teaching, eight you know, eight Fundok textbook that true father parent, uh, true parents gave you, you can prosper wherever you go. God said, keep the book of the law always on your lips. What, what God saying? Keep the book of the law always on your lips and meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. 
This line means that we must read exposition of divine principle and the Fundok textbook aloud, aloud without leaving our mouth. In this way, all roads will be smooth and everything will prosper. This one, God directly talked to Joshua. <clears throat> Sorry. Keep this book of the law. We have so many fathers, but father chose a textbook. Keep this book of the law. Keep this a textbook of true parents always on your lips and meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Wow. God talked to Joshua directly. If you do that, everything will prosper. I believe that the words God told Joshua when starting a new providence centering around him is the commandment through Father gave us in this age of the channel group. Do you agree with me? I really, wow, God directly talked to Moses. Especially this area, this part. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. On your lips. Speak loudly. Need to pronounce. And the spiritual world can hear. Our ancestor can hear. You know, whenever I read with a, with a voice, and I can educate our ancestors together. Ah, incredible. God directly talked to Joshua. Even, even true father mentioned the same things to us again and again. Right? Living divine principle, human fall, and centering on original sin, let's just study it. The original sin may be thought of as the root of all sins, hereditary sin as the trunk, collective sin as the branches, and individual sin as the leaves. All sins sprout from the original sin, which is their root. Hence, without extirpating the original sin, there is no way to completely eradicate other sins. However, no man is able to unearth this root of sin. Only Christ, who comes as the root and true parent of humanity, can grasp it and uproot it. Yes. Upro uh, uprooting sins and the Messiah. I mentioned many times, but I'd like to repeat again, very important. <clears throat> Only the Messiah can remove the original sin. No one else, right? Even though you are saints and sages, right? And you did great job in the past. You don't have any authority to remove original sin. Only Messiah have that kind of authority. That's why Bible very clearly mentioned Matthew chapter 9 and verse 6. I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Wow, this word is really powerful. That's why we need to meet the Messiah. Without meeting Messiah, there is no way to, you know, receive the forgiveness ceremony. No way. Only God giving authority to the Messiah, the Son of a Man, 
only he, he can forgive sins. It is really, really incredible. That's why Bible is really amazing. The Messiah has the absolute authority to forgive sins through the holy blessing and the holy wine ceremonies. Satan is unable to accuse this. That's why my brothers and sisters, father, many times saying that you do not know value of the blessing when you die and you know the value of the blessing. How much powerful it is. Hmm? This kind of a contract among God and Satan and the Messiah. Okay? And you know to get this kind of authority, how much true parents have to pay the indemnity? How much Heavenly Father uh, need to suffering throughout the human history? Can you imagine about that? Authority of the tribal Messiah. Thank God we have that kind of authority as well. It is amazing that a tribal Messiah has the ability to forgive sins on behalf of true parents as the officiator. So true parents gave us that kind of authority. You can give a blessing on behalf of me. What a blessing it is. You can give a blessing. Anyone receive the blessing you blessing from you. You are, you are the tribal messiahs. Then they have the same kind of the right that you know uh, quality of the blessing. It is really amazing. That's why Father called us. You are or a tribal messiah. Messiah. Not just only one of the simple blessed family. You are the you are a messiah, tribal messiah. Messiah means you can have authority to forgive sins on behalf of a true parents. Being held on the Satan's dominion is the result of the committing sin. Satan is the master of sin. Those who have fallen will be held on the Satan's dominion. The sin deprives one from freedom. Ever since the fall of Adam and Eve, humankind has been on the Satan's dominion. That's why. Where there is a sin, that sin belongs to Satan. Once you commit sin, you no other way, okay, dominated by Satan, under the Satan's dominion. Where there is a sin, there is no freedom. No freedom. Need to get out from the, you know, of the sin. What to do without meeting the Messiah? It is impossible. As sin is inherited and transmitted to one's descendants, those who were born as their descendants created tree of sin. As a result, the world today has become a place where 8 billion trees of sin are growing on this earth. The first love of sin attributes are also a rise of the mutual, uh, mutual, mutual uh, participation, inheritance, equal status, and common abode as well. That's why, you know, centering on whom? Centering on Satan or centering on God? We need to really seriously think about the meaning of the sin. 
today's youth ministry uh, live a life that builds your conscience vertically. So let's start. Live a life that builds your conscience vertically. True Father instructed us to live a life in which our conscience is established vertically, especially within the family. Here are some of the words from the Pyongyua Yangyang. Everyone, I am asking you to create a family in which God comes to visit again right after leaving because he longed for us. Just as parents visit their children's homes, we are to prepare a family where God visits us with joy and comfort. That is the life of attending God. In such a family, God is vertically the subject of conscience. Your heart is to unify your body and mind centering on God, the vertical subject. There, parents' love, conjugal love, children's love, and siblings' love, the four realms of love, the four realms of heart, are perfected. Yeah. True Father instructed us to live a life in which our conscience is established vertically, especially within the family. He said that if you live a, uh, live a life that establishes God vertically, you will become a family where God visits uh, you with a happy heart, just like how parents long for their children. True Father said that only when the standard of life establishes God vertically is when the body and mind can unite and enter parental love, and conjugal love, children's love, and siblings' love, the four realms of heart, the four realms of heart are perfected. Because of the fall was a horizontal gift and receive action that ignored the, the vertical standard in order to restore this, you must always establish your conscience vertically and live a life attending God. Through parents said that by doing so, you can find and establish the lowest vertical standard and unite your body and mind. They also said that family is the shortcut to perfecting the four great realms of heart. Next. The reason we make mistakes within our family. We were told to establish God as the vertical subject within our family. This is our responsibility. When we enter a family, the vertical standard easily collapse and we fall horizontally. Fallen people have a habit of quickly collapsing the vertical standard of conscience and falling horizontally once they enter a family. In the world, we are trying to set vertical standards such as being our boss at work, or being polite and greeting Abel in the church. However, when you enter the family, this vertical standard collapse. Our life of faith is to establish God as the vertical subject of our conscience. In a position with such a vertical standard, the body and mind must be uni unified. We are told to center our vertical minds and to become one with our bodies. It is not a body-centered mind. However, people do not establish their own conscience as a vertical subject. 
Those kind of people in front of others pretend to have a good conscience and pretend to be the best. But when they enter the family, their original habits will appear as they are. That's why we are saying that family is really front line. You all kind of follow nature come out in the family, right? Because of it, just the horizontally relate to the family members. Treat husband as my own husband, wife as my own wife, children as my own children. There's no vertical concept. That's why when you go to the family, easily collapse. The four of human beings refer to only giving and receiving horizontally and being completely cut off the vertical standard. So what True Father emphasizes is to establish God as the vertical subject of our conscience. When fallen human beings listen and study the word and they set the standard vertically, wow, I can do it. I really want to try again. But if they select in their studies, the standard easily collapse and become very horizontal. Fallen human cannot maintain the standard of the receiving grace uh, through the word from more than three days. This is why three days after Sunday service, we attend the Wednesday service at night. Not being able to exceed this number three is the norm for fallen human beings. Look at Zachariah uh, uh, and Elizabeth and Joseph and Mary in the time of Jesus when they received the God's command and they were uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. But after a certain time passed, they flowed humanistically and fell horizontally. Seeing this, if people do not always set the standard of the conscience correctly through the word, they can always go back to having a reciprocal relationship with Satan. If we distance ourselves from the world, even for just one day, our conscience will lose its standard and flow horizontally. This is the reality of the fallen human being. That's why Always, you need to study God's word. Living with a study, study God's word, you're missing the morning devotion one day, two day, three day, four day. What is your spiritual sense? So when we do not give and take with God's word, in fallen men immediately become horizontal. Lost the standard of the, uh, lost the, the vertical standard immediately. This the fallen man cannot keep God's grace even for three days. This is the reality of the human being, so much changeable, so much horizontal, so much external. This is a fallen man. And fallen people have a habit of quickly collapsing the vertical standard of the conscience and falling horizontally once they enter the family. In the world, we are trying to set vertical standards, such as being our, our boss at work or the being polite and greeting able in the church. Good morning. Looks like really uh, try to keep vertical standard. However, when you enter the family, all of these vertical standards collapse. 
Therefore, if you enter the family thinking that the family is the forefront, you must set the vertical standard of your concerns right without letting go of the tension in your mind. Otherwise, your own fallen nature will be exposed in the family and all will fail. That's why we must set the standard of conscience more seriously within the family than at work. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, I'm emphasizing again and again and again. Family is the front line. You know, even need to treat Adam. He is God's son, not just only horizontally, he's my friend, my boyfriend. Without vertical view, with vertical standard, just only horizontal give and take, surely Satan invade you. In the family, always take on the humanistic concept, concept. My husband is like that. My wife is like that. My children are like that. Give and take always horizontally. Sometimes using very bad word and then easily angry and upset and all kinds of fallen nature come out. That's why losing everything, collapsing everything in the family. Why? Don't have the vertical standard. That's why Father saying that treat your spouse as God. Treat your children, not your own children, treat your children as God's sons and daughters. Without that kind of vertical concept and connection, you will collapse. Fallen human beings pretend to have a good conscience in front of others, but when they enter the family, their original habits will appear as they are. Next. Four great loves and filial piety. When we go out into the world, we keep our manners and outwardly pretend to set our conscience straight. For example, by greeting first by saying, hello, how are you? But what about our true inner self? Our look is false, not real. Especially when you enter a family, your true self is revealed. Husbands treat wives and wives treat husbands horizontally. Parents treat their children as their own children. And children know their parents only as their physical parents. This is not a life that establishes the conscience vertically. If you establish your conscience vertically, you will respect the other person and the heart to serve them like God comes out. The way of speaking is also respectful. That is why we are told to raise our conscience vertically when we go in the family. To establish a vertical relationship is to live a life of where the body centers around the conscience as the subject. It is to establish the vertical conscience and unite the mind and body. In this way, we should set our conscience on the vertical standard and practice the four great loves of parental love, conjugal love, children's love, and sibling love. This centering on the conscience and practicing the four great loves is called filial piety. 
This will result in spherical motion. Yeah, thank you, Heavenly Honey. When we go out into the world, we keep our manners and our, uh, our outwardly uh, pretend to uh, set our conscience straight. We try to greet our uh, superiors first and have a humble heart. But what about our true inner self? Our look is a first, not real. Especially when you enter the family, your true self is revealed. Husbands treat wives and, and wives treat husbands horizontally. Parents treat their children as their own children. And, and children know their parents only as their physical parents. Therefore, all particular standards of the conscience collapse in the family. This is not a life in which the conscience is established vertically. If you establish your conscience vertically, you will respect others and come out with a heart to serve them like God. The way of speaking is also respectful. That's why we need to be careful the word. You are using the horizontal word or you are using respectful word, not just only to your own parents, even to your own children, especially all, you know, to your own spouse. Always oh, we need to use what kind of language? Hyojong language. Hyojong language is very much respectful. Treat someone as a God. That kind of Hyojong language. We need to use the Hyojong language, which is an artistic language, respectful language. To establish a vertical relationship is to live a life of where the body centers around the conscience as a subject. In this way, we should set our conscience on the vertical standard and practice the four great loves of the parental love, conjugal love, and children's love, and siblings' love. It's centered on conscience and practicing the four great uh, loves is called filial piety. That's why I'm living with Taka and Yen always, you know, we're having breakfast together. Always, I'm, I, I'm not much insane, but always, always I am careful what kind of language I am using. Respectful language, really loving language, or hyojong language or not, to the closest person, right? You can pretend to your senior, oh, I love you, I respect you. How about how you're dealing with your senior people? This is the point. This will result in, uh, uh, that's why we really, you know, what's the fall? Adam and Eve. They treat each other horizontal way. That's the fall. That's why we need to really set up vertical concept, vertical attitude, you know, vertically set up our conscience very well. This is the way can protect me and also we can have a heartstring relationship with family members. Today, I have spoken about live a life that builds your conscience vertically. Thank you very much. God bless you. Oh, incredible. Thank you so much, Dr. Young, for today's teaching again, especially on the family, that the family is the front line. And it's really where 
we can be able to love each other, speak the Hyojung language. I really, I think that's the key for today. <laughs> that we got the Hyojung, the artistic and respectful language, even within our family. So thank you so much for today's teaching. And for today's living testimony, we have Mika Sasaki and Yoshi Okabe. They're going to share the experience uh, during the young adult retreat in Sub-Region 5 um, as a blessed couple. So please go ahead and share with us this morning. <laughs> good morning good morning good morning dr yang good morning uh our online community my name is mika sasaki i'm from ohio and my name is yoshi okabe i'm from wisconsin and uh we've been a blessed blessed couple since february 7 2020 so third year anniversary is coming up soon mm. uh yeah coming into this year we wanted to make some intentional time for our marriage and we came across the the retreat in San Francisco, blessed and a glimpse of a blessed life. Mm. Beautiful title. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we just want to share experience. So this is my wife, my beautiful wife. Thank you. <laughs> um, yes, it was a beautiful uh, retreat and it was very testimony based, which is something that I appreciated. One of the testimonies was given by Karina and Kai Schmittat and um, Actually, Karina's testimony was really powerful for me. I think that her story of kind of checking off all of those boxes um, and being focused on, you know, getting matched, getting blessed, uh, building a family, making a house, all of those things um, <laughs> was uh, something that I'm also focused on is just like checking off all the boxes. But she said there was one point in her life where she had checked off all those boxes, but she still wasn't feeling the fulfillment and the happiness that she was expecting and she was like okay what what are we missing here and she that's what really sparked her journey of kind of going through this um self-love journey unconditional self-love for oneself and um i think that was really powerful because it showed the importance of um yeah being able to accept all parts of yourself and actually how we talk to ourselves is also how we talk to our spouse, how we talk to our children. And so um, she had a very beautiful quote. She said, because I didn't love myself, I couldn't receive God's love. And I think that was um, something that I had started to reflect a lot more on throughout the workshop. Um, and the second part that really resonated with me was um, Yona's testimony, mm -hmm. specifically about the heart of the blessing. Um, she had spoken about um, fear. And mm -hmm. I think I really love Yona and I, I respect her so much because she is a, a walking testimony of someone who embraces the fear. It's not so much that she's absent of fear, but she really lives um, taking on and going full in despite the fear and she personified fear as this this passenger in in her in the car and so she's driving throughout her journey of life and there are very challenging moments there are scary moments and um she notices as fear kind of sits in in the passenger seat next to her and she recognizes the importance of acknowledging the presence of fear but still being willing to go forward and continue driving mm. um and one of her quotes was, I love you more than the fear. Do you want to speak a little bit more about that? <laughs> I mean, I think the context behind that quote was that she was explaining that uh, she's been doing so many of these talks, kind of
kind of all across America and whatnot. And each time she, before she gives, gives a talk, she gets really nervous and she gets this kind of feeling of, yeah, um, just a lot of nerves kind of come in and kind of starts questioning, why am I doing this? But the thing that comes up for her is that she tends to lean into love, that she loves us more than the fear itself. Mm. So, yeah, it was really beautiful. She said, yeah, being able to lean onto God's love uh, when we start noticing that fear. And um, another quote that she mentioned was, we fear the journey, but that's what we actually build and own. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like that really relates to um, living out the blessed life is being able to, yeah, fully lean into that fear. And um, she, during her testimony, she shared a very candid photo, a very chaotic morning where she was running late, um, where her kids were running late for school. And she snapped a picture and she said, this, this photo may look very ordinary to you, but it's actually one of the most happiest moments of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that just goes to show that as we start to kind of let go and um, embrace the fear, embrace you know the need to be perfect, we are able to be more present in these moments that these special precious moments of love that God is giving to us. And um, yeah, that was really special to me because there were there was a point in the workshop that was very confronting where I started to kind of self-reflect and realize how far away I felt from the ideal, noticing that there's so much that I need to work on on myself in order to really feel like ready to be a parent. I know everybody says you can never be ready, but um, <laughs> fully ready to be a parent. Um, yeah, and so there is a point where I was kind of uh overwhelmed by that feeling and I, so i keep going back to this testimony it gives me a lot of um hope and it's very empowering and I, i'm so grateful to yena for for sharing this testimony um but that moment also of being able to vulnerably share with other couples too where we actually were at in our journeys um, was really powerful. We had a sharing with another couple who was actually blessed with us um, in Korea in 2020. Uh, they're a very special couple to us. Shout out to Hiro and Becca. And um, <laughs> we, uh, I was, I was crying, sharing all of this, and then um, the other couple said, "You know, you can lean on us." And I, in that moment, I really felt like, "Wow, I could really lean and rely on them." Um, even in the difficult times. And I think that's the beauty of our community really. And, and the blessing is we're not getting blessed as individuals or as, as individual couples, but we're really building something greater through this blessing. And we're, we can feel free also to lean on each other during these times. So I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, it was very beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of going into that, there was a quote that stood out to me while I was reading some Honda K um, in that workshop. And the quote was, the purpose of marriage is to unify the world of heart and to perfect the love of man and woman. Therefore, to say that you have married is to proclaim that you will prove this. If you have realized the perfection of love and the perfection of heart through married life, then we can say that you have realized the ideal of a family. If you have realized this, then at the time of death, without a doubt, you'll be able to go to heaven. So kind of going back to what my wife shared, I think that's one 
uh, main thing kind of zooming out, be able to see the value and the gift of the blessing that your parents has created is yeah, definitely this whole community support. Be able to receive this uh, support through, you know, first generation, second generation that's been through various stages within the relationship. Um, yeah, it's, I guess, the, the value and the depth of how much has kind of gone into each person investing in the marriage. Mm -hmm. And there's so many challenges. I feel like that marriage is, that things arise within marriage and um, we're just kind of blessed to be able to have that community mm -hmm. within our within our faith mm -hmm. so yeah that was probably the main key takeaway is just to be able to see the beauty and the value in the community and be able to support find support through that so yes yeah. so thank you um thank you so much we want to give a special shout out to the core staff who put this all together and also the, the staff behind the scenes, the kitchen staff, the camera and sound crew, everybody who made this um, event so successful. We're really grateful for your investment in time and, and uh, thoughtfulness uh, to make this all happen. So thank you so much. Wow. <laughs> you're, you're thank you. <laughs> Couple so lovely, my goodness, uh, so handsome and so beautiful. Now, after hearing your testimony, now you are ready to have a baby. Great. Wow. Thank you so much. Beautiful testimony. Mika Sasaki, same as my family name, wife, you know, great. So happy to hear. Wow. I can have more energy after hearing your beautiful testimony. Thank you so much. Oh, God. All right. Thank you so much, Mika and Yoshi, for that incredible testimony. I really, I couldn't stop smiling looking at you two. You guys are so beautiful. And actually, 2020 is the same blessing as me. So happy anniversary. Our anniversary is coming up soon. So thank you so much for sharing that. I don't know when is it ready. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes. Uh, so, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing again, brothers and sisters.